You're listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Welcome back to The South Stands, everyone. From San Francisco, I'm your host, Zach Moore. Today is Thursday, November 5th, and I'm very happy to be joined by fellow South Stands contributor, Paige Van Horn. PBH, what's the word out in Denver? Happy Thursday, brother. Happy Thursday. <laughs> Same to you, my friend. We are also joined by fellow South Stands contributor Chad Plummer from Northeast Ohio. Chad, how's it going, buddy? All good, man. I mean, it's November 5th in Cleveland, Ohio, and today it was about 70 degrees and sunny. So Beautiful. It's all good. Beautiful. Excellent. Love to hear that. Yeah, it was pretty nice here, although we're going to get some weather over the weekend. It's going to start getting cold and windy. So we are here this evening to have a look at Ohio State's primetime matchup with Rutgers in the Horseshoe on Saturday night. It's a 7.30 p.m. Eastern kick that'll be broadcast on the Big Ten Network. The line is Ohio State minus 38. At least it was the last time I checked. The over-under is 64 and a half. Now, Ohio State leads the all-time series 6-zip. It's not been very competitive, and that includes a 56-21 to Ohio State win in Piscataway last season. In six games, Ohio State has outscored the Scarlet Knights 327 to 48, beating them by an average margin of 46 and a half points. And the Scarlet Knights, as we know, are coming off another last place finish in the Big Ten East in 2019. But they entered this contest with the Buckeyes at one and one after a stunning season opening win over Michigan State. Now, that was Rutgers' first win in Big Ten play since November of 2017. So they already appear to be on a different track under former Ohio State defensive coordinator Greg Schiano, who will be making his return to Columbus in his second stint as Rutgers head coach. And he'll be joined by former Ohio State safety Brendan White, the 2019 Rose Bowl defensive MVP. Not surprisingly, White is a starter at safety for the Scarlet Knights this season. And he comes into this game third on the team in tackles with one interception and one fumble recovery. White's coming off a 12-tackle performance in Rutgers 37 21 loss to Indiana last Saturday. Now, on the other side of the ball, the Rutgers offense is uh, pretty awful. Uh, senior senior quarterback Noah Vidral comes into this game with more interceptions, four, than TD passes, three. Actually, I think his last name is pronounced Vedral. Last week against Indiana, Vedral completed 21 of 34 pass attempts, but only for 130 yards. Imagine that you, 21 completions, but only for 130 yards. Rutgers is also pretty putrid in the run game, averaging only 3.1 yards per carry. Their leading rusher is Isaiah Pacheco, who has 85 yards rushing this season on 28 carries. So the Scarlet Knights present virtually no threat on that side of the ball. On the other side, though, defensively, I've already mentioned Brandon White. We know he's a player. Rutgers is actually pretty respectable. They're 33rd in the country after two games, 33rd in the country in total defense. They're fifth in the country against the run, allowing 79 and a half yards per game and only two yards per carry. Now, I'm not sure they've they've faced any world beaters running the ball up to now, but those are pretty respectable numbers. All right, fellas, look, we know Ohio State's going to win this game, and it's just a matter of by how much. And I'm going to get to your concernometer scores and your score predictions in a moment. But what I'm more interested in is what each of you is hoping to see from the Buckeyes in this next step of this nine-game journey Ohio State is on. Paige, I want to start with you. What is the next step in the evolution of this team that you're hoping to see Saturday night against Rutgers? Before I get there, did, did you say his name was Isaiah Pacheco? Pacheco. The son of the... 
Pachenko. Pachenko. Yeah, he, he's, he's the distant third cousin of the Iron Sheik, if you didn't know that. I'm not sure cool. that's factually correct, but but uh, I, I like that story. Let's let's go with the PBH. Uh, you know, I mean, we have to find some storylines here for this game. Um, yes, we like do. You said so. <laughs> I like leading off with that one right there, I man. Like WWE, baby. <laughs> yeah, the Belpre Daily Beast breaking, uh, breaking news. Hear, hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, looking for storylines here, right? Because as you said, Ohio State's going to win this game. I think the fun thing is, uh, for me, is to see some of the younger players get some playing time, right? It'd be great to see, like, all maybe three or four of the young wide receivers in the game at the same time, maybe with Fields as quarterback, maybe with Stroud or uh, Miller, you know, as quarterback and, and just kind of see what these young guys can do. I think they're um, chomping at the bit. Number one, I think they, number two, definitely have the talent. Um, They're just, you know, unfortunately behind two of the best wide receivers in college football. So getting playing time is going to be interesting. And then the other thing is, I, you know, I, I want to see the offensive line and the running game just continue to get a little better in mm-hmm. mall. I mean, they definitely took a step forward in uh, the Penn state game. So it would be fun to see them, you know, continue that and just really, you know, ram the ball down Rutgers throat. And it'll be interesting also, I think lastly to see, you know, what sort of, game Ryan Day calls. Um, Mm -hmm. Does he really try and work on that part of the the offense? Because we just know that the, you know, the passing game with Fields and Alave and Wilson is just clicking. Um, But will he sort of maybe go to more of a run heavy offense just to uh, work out more kinks in that area? Chad, what are you hoping to see? What I honestly would love to see is some of the young linebackers getting in there and seeing some time like, uh, you know, Dallas Gantt, um, you know, I, but I know the injury reporter, like the roster's not up there, but where's Toronto Mitchell been? I want to see him. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I'd um, like to see him Avion too. Pope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 Mitchell's like a, a, like a, a beast, you know, I, I, I just haven't heard much about him and I'd, I'd like to see him on the field, him and Kavion Pope and, uh, you know, Dallas Gantt. I think, uh, you know, so this might be a game to get them see some of the time from those guys and what they can bring to the table, you know, and uh, put tough on the uh, sidelines with that clipboard as uh, Mikey Court said. <laughs> um, you know, I'd tough like had a great see, game uh, last week, though, bro. I mean, come on. We, we, yeah. we got to give tough a break. <laughs> no, I know. I mean, I'm, I, you know, I like to put the, like, the saddle and ride him around the stable a little bit, but, you know, <laughs> what it is what it is. <laughs> um, I would like to see, um, like Paige mentioned, some of those wide, like, you know, young wide receivers like uh, Fleming, a little bit more Smith. I'd like to see him get James Williams in the game mm-hmm. a little bit, like maybe uh, one of those hitch, um, you know, running, you know, behind the quarterback sweep. Yeah, yeah. And see, like, what Jet kind sweep. of wheels he's got. Yeah. Um, yes, exactly. Thank you. Paige, you mentioned the running game. And I, I agree with you. That is a next the next part of the evolution of this offense is Ohio State, I think, as Ryan Day, as a play caller, gaining a little bit more trust in his running backs in Master Teague and Trey Sermon. I think it's going to be Master Teague as we go along. Teague's going to get more of those carries. But twice against Penn State on fourth and one, Ohio State threw the ball. And I think you want to get to the point as a play caller where you don't want to rely so heavily on 
on the battery of Justin Fields and Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. You want to be able to get tough yards with your running game. And it doesn't, to me, appear that Ryan Day is there yet. So I think that's one evolution that needs to happen with this team. Another question for me is who's going to replace Cam Brown at the nickel corner? Is it going to be Tyreek Johnson, the kid with the five-star recruiting profile, the kid I've been hoping will emerge for Ohio State at some point? Will they move Josh Proctor into that role? Maybe this means more snaps for Proctor. That's a question I think we're going to begin to see answered against Rutgers. We may see more of Josh Proctor. It might be Tyreek Johnson. Finally, I want to see uh, more of Teron Vincent. Now, he's working his way back from that injury. Tommy Togiai and Haskell Garrett have been awesome on the interior of that defensive line, but they're going to need more depth there. And I think Vincent can definitely provide depth, but I think he can go beyond that and provide even more playmaking on the interior of that defensive line. So I'm looking for Teron Vincent, hopefully to get more snaps in this game and get his sea legs under him, right? We want him to be ready to go by the playoffs. All right, boys. I want to kick it back to you, Paige. I want a concernometer score for this game, and then I want your score prediction. Not concerned. It's a zero. Zero. Game, okay. Yeah. They they beat Michigan State. Did if I'm not mistaken, Michigan State had seven turnovers in seven that game. Seven turnovers in that game. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I you can't beat Canton McKinley if you're Michigan State if you have seven turnovers. So <laughs> I'm not you know, that's that's just insurmountable. Um so yeah, I, I don't think it's it's any contest at all. I think it's basically over by halftime. Buckeyes fifty four, Rutgers twelve. Um, and again, I think, you know, the, the only chance Rutgers has of even, you know, putting up any points is probably against the second team, which is probably in the game, most of the third and fourth quarter. All right. Chad, how about you? Concernometer score first on a scale of zero to 10, and then give me your score prediction. Uh, non-existent. <laughs> I would put the goose egg at zero. Okay. Um, and like, wow, kind of surprising to hear Paige like uh, talk like this. That doesn't happen very often. He's usually a little bit more pessimistic on his uh, predictions. Um, <laughs> hey, and uh, thank you just for once, bringing buddy. up just once. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for bringing up Tron Vincent. I left him off, man. Like you said, if you could get him and Tommy to work like together, like that, that could be a force to be reckoned with, man. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I'll get to my score. I apologize, but thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. Um, I will say Ohio State, um, 63, the, uh, Scarlet Knights, um, 13. 63-13, Ohio State. Paige, you've got it 54-12, Ohio State. I'm with you guys. Concernometer is at zero. Now, I think Shiano has Rutgers playing with more toughness, especially on defense, than any of the Rutgers teams we've seen so far in this series. Now, he's only two years removed from his days in Columbus as a defensive coordinator and no doubt has some familiarity with what Ryan Day and Kevin Wilson like to do as play callers offensively. And he probably has some familiarity with Ohio State's personnel. There are still plenty of kids on the roster from that 2018 Buckeye squad. So maybe Shiano can dial something up to keep this game closer than expected. I don't know. It doesn't look like weather is going to be a factor. Chad, as you said at the top, the weather in Ohio has been beautiful. It looks like it's going to continue on into the weekend. I have Ohio State winning this one 56-14. The Buckeyes cover, but I don't think Day is going to run it up on Shiano. And I think Day needs to start thinking a little bit about protecting fields, especially after that big hit he took late in the fourth quarter against Penn State. You guys remember that big blindside hit he took? Ohio State was up pretty comfortably at that stage, trying to tack on some extra points. 
And this could also be a nice opportunity to get either Jack Miller or CJ Stroud a little work at quarterback. So 56-14, I like the Buckeyes. That's pretty close to your score page at 54-12. It is. It is the price was right, buddy. <laughs> Indeed. Now, the way you've been predicting yeah, lately. 12, 13, and 14. <laughs> True, we are. That's we good. Go. Yeah. Hey, the way you've been predicting lately, Paige, I think I might, uh, I might want to lay some money on your score. Well, yeah, but I was off last week, so. <laughs> Guys, there's there's three other Go games ahead. around the country that I think are of interest to us as Ohio State fans, and I want to I want to get your takes on those real quick. Let's go through these rapid fire. Number twenty three, Michigan, at number fourteen, Indiana. Paige, I want to start with you. I don't need a score prediction. Who wins that game, though? As much as I really want to pick Indiana, uh, Harbaugh's been very good at winning those marginal games right Mm -hmm. that he should win he's just been atrocious at winning games against top 10 teams that's right and and specifically rivalry games and so i i think i think he gets it done actually and i think it'll be a high scoring game i actually did write down a score what i thought it might be like michigan 42 indiana 34 all right nothing will make me happier to be wrong on this one i just kind of feel like harbaugh the one, you know, and, and again, you, you don't get paid $8 million at Michigan to beat Indiana, but he has done that. So I figure he'll probably continue to do so. So I think uh, I think Michigan gets it done. Hope I'm wrong. All right. By the way, I meant to mention Michigan is a three and a half point favorite in this game and the over-under is 54. Chad, who do you see winning this game? Michigan given Indiana three and a half and Indiana, which is kind of like... Um, I guess puzzling to me, especially the way Indiana has been playing. But uh, I'll go. Uh, I'll go with Michigan as well. You like Michigan in this one? Okay, great. All right. Yes. Michigan's a three and a half point favorite. You know, we, we they're coming off that putrid performance in the Big House last Saturday, a twenty-seven twenty-four loss to Michigan State. IU comes into this game at two and zero. We know the, about the big win over Penn State, that controversial win. The Hoosiers had kind of a methodical thirty-seven twenty-one win over Rutgers last week. Indiana's at number 14 in the country. I don't know, man. That seems a little high. You know, I, I feel like Indiana's a little, there's more value to Indiana when they're in that 20 to 25 range. And number 14 seems a little high to me. I'm with you guys. I think Harbaugh figures out a way to win this one. He, he hears his doubters this week and he gets the win. And Michigan is a challenger again to Ohio State in the, in the Big Ten East. So I like Michigan in that one. Okay, let's move to the big one. Number one, Clemson. At number four, Notre Dame. As we know, Trevor Lawrence is still recovering from COVID and will not play. But Clemson is still a five and a half point favorite in this game. The over-under is 51 and a half. Clemson's coming off a narrow win over Boston College last Saturday. The Tigers overcame an 18-point first half deficit to eke out a 34-28 win over Jeff Halfley's Eagles. Filling in for Trevor Lawrence was freshman DJ Uyunglele. I'm just going to call him DJ from now on because I have no idea if I pronounced that last name correctly. Page, who do you like in this game? He's the fifth cousin of the Iron Sheik, by the way. <laughs> uh, you know, so I haven't watched, truth be told, either of these teams very much this year. But, okay, put on your gambling hat. Clemson was probably looking ahead um, to this game. And uh, Lawrence was out. I, I just... I got it. Clemson 41, Notre Dame 24. Wow. They uh, run away think, with it. 
Okay. Yeah. And you know, I, DJ, I don't know anything about that guy. I'll bet my left pinky, he's a four or five star guy. Five star. I bet he's pretty yeah. freaking good. Yeah. So, you know, and you got to knock him off first. I think Clemson's, you know, we all know they're one of the top three teams in the country. Mm-hmm. I think they kind of run away with this one. All right. Chad, before you, you give your pick, a little more information on this one, I think, to inform your pick. In addition to Lawrence, Clemson is going to be down three starters on defense, and a fourth is going to miss the first half. Clemson's down their starting middle linebacker, James Skalski. They're starting Sam linebacker, Mike Jones Jr., a starting defensive tackle, and Tyler Davis. And then one of their starting defensive ends, Xavier Thomas, is going to miss the first half because of a targeting ejection last week. Chad, who do you like in this game? Isn't it so funny how, like, what Notre Dame's number four in the country? Yeah. Yet they're at home against Clemson and they're a dog without their starting quarterback. Yeah. That's how much this, like, there's no respect for Notre Dame at all. Is that because there's no respect for Notre Dame or Clemson's pretty freaking good? Yeah. A little bit of both. I guess guess. you could look at, I think it's probably a little bit of both actually, you know, like, you know, but I, uh, you know, there's, I I think the uh, the Irish loses at home and, and then they're, you know, their dreams of making another uh, playoff run, you know, college football playoff and getting embarrassed will be depleted. So I'll take Clemson in this one. You like Clemson in this one as well. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. This is going to be more than likely the first of a two-round title fight for the ACC between these two programs, because I think we're all expecting a rematch in the conference title game, right? And if it were just Lawrence unavailable for this game, I'd be inclined to take Clemson because they are favored. But the additional losses on defense make me think Notre Dame could actually steal this one. Now, here's an interesting number. I heard this today. Notre Dame has not beaten a top five opponent since 1993. And they're getting a huge break here. No Trevor Lawrence and Clemson down, several other key starters on defense. I mean, if the Irish can't get a top five win in this scenario, I mean, when's it ever going to happen for them? Since 1993? 93 years? Last time they beat a five, top five opponent. Holy shit. Isn't that so crazy? That's and crazy. like the meaning and everybody, Notre Dame, you know, it's just, they, they haven't been, you know, relevant since Lou Holtz. They do have one playoff appearance where they got housed by Clemson and really didn't look like they belonged. And we remember not too long ago in the 2011, I believe it was the 2011 BCS title game, they got destroyed by Alabama. Again, they didn't look like they belonged. We've seen them in some other matchups against top tier opponents. They didn't really look like they belonged. I think I'm going to take Clemson by a hair in this game because they still have Travis Etienne, and I think he's the difference. You know, But after watching Clemson struggle at home against BC, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Irish pull the upset despite that, that stat that they haven't beaten a top five team in, since 1993. Now, if Notre Dame can steal this one, I think this is a very interesting scenario here because I think win or lose in the ACC title game versus Clemson, they'll have a very strong case for that fourth playoff spot. I mean, the way I envision this happening... If Notre Dame does eke one out and they take advantage of the losses for Clemson, the personnel losses, and they get this one at home, they lose a competitive game or a semi-competitive game to Clemson in the ACC title game. That's their only loss. I mean, I think you make a really strong case there for Notre Dame getting in as well as Clemson. I don't know. What do you think about that, Paige? Well, I was thinking the other way um, because I think if Clemson loses and if this is their only loss of the season, they're still getting in the playoff. Totally. I don't know set up as far as divisions and who ends up playing each other like if it's an east versus west thing like we have is there's that- no divisions it's going to be the top two teams in the acc this year will play each other 
top two teams. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're, they're both actually, they, they both each could lose this game and still find their way into the playoff. I think it's an easier road in my opinion for Clemson to lose this game because you say, Hey, we didn't have our starting quarterback yeah. who by the way is a Heisman trophy um, candidate. And it also depends how badly either team loses. But I think like we talked about before, there's a dramatic drop off. I think from the top three, you could make a case for Georgia and Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a few other teams. You know, maybe three through six. But but who are you putting in there? I mean, um, yeah, Cincinnati. I mean, I mean, Cincinnati's no sitting there at five. A lot of people in the country think the Bearcats are legit and they yeah, have a shot. I don't, I don't know about that. I mean, look, Cincinnati last year. I was at that game. They came to Columbus, and our, our, our friend Doug Maurice at Cleveland.com said earlier this week that the Buckeyes basically pulled Cincinnati's legs off and beat them with them in that game. And <laughs> Cincinnati did not look like they belonged at all in that game. I don't know how much has changed in a year. I, I, I Sorry. I mean, I think – now, look, if Notre Dame loses Saturday against a depleted Clemson team on their home field and then they lose again, I mean, they're out. But I think if they can squeak out a win – and look like they belong or semi-competitive in, an, in a loss in an ACC title game to Clemson. They, I think they've got a case. What do you think, Chad? I agree with you. I, I think if Notre Dame loses this game, it doesn't matter what they do the rest of the year. They're not getting into the college football playoff with their track history. Yeah, I agree Getting blown out. I just don't think it's possible. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Okay, look, I know we're a little pressed for time here, guys, so I want to move on to one more game, another intriguing matchup, number eight, Florida versus number five, Georgia. As we know, this game is played on a neutral field at TIAA Field in Jacksonville. The Bulldogs are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. The over-under is 52-and-a-half. Paige, how do you see this one? I'm going to put the over under at two and a half of on the field bras, just <laughs> like dudes throwing haymakers and punches <laughs> and throwing helmets. That's the only thing I have to think about or care about this game. Who wants the over? Who wants the under? <laughs> How many fights are going to happen in the parking lot <laughs> before the game is the question. That, that, that's a more interesting over under. Yes, exactly. Whatever. <laughs> Some var- variable of on the field, off the field, fighting and brawling. <laughs> so, who do you like in this one? Just thrown at that halftime now. Whoa. <laughs> uh, I have, um, dude, I, I have no idea. I, 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 I'm passing. I, I passing. can't even deal with those teams in the SEC anymore. They're just beyond. <laughs> You're passing. You're taking a pass. All right, uh, Chad, how do you see this one? Well, I got to tell you, I like the uh, the Gators in this one. Mm-hmm. I don't think Georgia's all that. Yeah. So I will take the Gators. You like the Gators? game. I think Georgia top to bottom is the more talented team. Georgia, I think, is probably one of the top two or three most talented programs in the country if you consider how well they've recruited. And they probably have the best defense in the country. But Florida has a major advantage at the most important position on the field with quarterback Kyle Trask. Georgia's quarterback, Stetson Bennett, I mean, he's been terrible these last couple of games. He's got five interceptions in his last two games. He had only 13 pass attempts and two picks no touchdowns last week and an underwhelming 14-3 win over Kentucky. I don't know. Can you win a big game against a top 10 opponent on defense alone anymore? I mean, 10 or 15 years ago, you give the edge to the better defensive team, but I don't know about today. So I'm with you, Chad. No, I'm no going shot. Yeah, I'm with you, Chad. I'm going with Florida, probably in a lower scoring game because I think I think Georgia's defense is going to keep them in it. But I do think Kyle Trask is the difference. And I, I like Florida getting out of that game with the win. And Georgia, man, the quarterback position is just dogging them. You know, I mean that 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 is the 
that's the one position that's holding him back. And the whole Justin Fields situation is just haunting that program. I mean, imagine if that team had Justin Fields this year. They are your number one team in the country and and probably your favorite to win it all, like running away, right, Paige? It's almost a fireable offense to let that guy go. And then you're stuck in this quarterback quandary that they're in. Like yeah. that's just I mean, it's it's I mean, it's yeah. insane. Like the the talent of that guy, I mean, my seven-year-old dog Maggie can see that Justin Fields is, you know, a top two pick in the NFL draft. Like how they let him go. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, we're all too happy to take advantage of, of Kirby Smart's mistake there. Yeah. Chad, what do you think? Thanks, Kirby. (laughs) Um, I, you know, thanks Kirby. That's all I got to say. But you think about like a guy who made a business or, you know, like, uh, a, you know, a decision like that. And Jake Fromm, I think Jake Fromm is uh, selling uh, Chevys at the, uh, the the big place down in Fulton County. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm told. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, I, I like Florida, man. I, you know, I, I think it's going to throw some good football this weekend. Man. Yeah, it's a really good slate. I'm looking forward yeah, to it. A and, lot and of good football. Fingers crossed here with no more COVID cancellations. There's actually been quite a few this week alone. But yeah, a very promising slate from start to finish, starting at 9 a.m. and finishing with the late games. I'm really looking forward to it. Hey, guys, I know we're pressed for time. We're right at about 30 minutes. PVH, I know you got to bounce. So why don't we end it here? And we will, awesome. re- we will reconvene on Sunday to recap Ohio State Rutgers. You've been listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and visit our website at southstandsosu.com.